worship. If Jesus is the reason why you're standing here this morning, wave your right hand in appreciation to this true, faithful God. The ever reliable God, the one that does not disappoint, the one that has brought us this far by his mercies and grace. Give him all the glory and praise. Lord, we thank you for another opportunity before you this evening. Thank you, our Father in heaven. In Jesus' precious name, we have worshipped our living God. Let the saints give me a better amen this evening. Can I hear a better amen this evening? Put your hands together and celebrate the name of the Lord if you are glad to be in God's house this beautiful evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Grace Corral. God bless you and Grace Corral and the instrument. We do appreciate you. You may be seated comfortably in the presence of your father if you have a good seat. You want to look at your neighbor as you're sitting there and say, how are you this evening? How are you this evening? Hope the day was not too stressful. Hope everything went as planned. I'm glad you made it to church. Amen. There is an assurance based on the integrity and the track record of God that as many that would take time to come to the house of God, the Bible made it very clear that as often as you appear in Zion, you shall grow from strength to strength. You all understand that strength is a requirement to survive the vicissitudes and the issues of life. The Bible says when a man fail in the day of battle, it is not for lack of physical presence, it's because his strength is little. And so there's an assurance to you this evening that because you're present here, the Lord will increase your strength. Strength to overcome that financial situation, strength to overcome that emotional demand, strength to overcome that prayer life. The Lord will supply you strength tonight in the name of Jesus. If you came in here and you feel so tired and so discouraged, by the time this service is over, you'll be encouraged in the name of Jesus. But on one condition, the Bible made it very clear in James chapter 1, I believe from verse 21. It said, when you come to the house of God, lay aside. Someone say, lay aside. Lay aside your current mood. Lay aside your current experience for today. Lay aside someone that didn't make you feel good. Lay aside the good news you even heard. Lay aside every superfluity and naughtiness in your heart. But receive with meekness the engrafted word that has the potential, the capability to save your soul. By the time you migrate to verse 22 of that same book and verse of the Bible, it said, do not just be the hearer of the word, but also be deliberate to do the word. Because the potential and the benefit of the word is best exp expressed in their doing. And I pray to the grace to do God's word, the Lord will release for us in Jesus' name. Can you give me an encouraging amen this evening? I'm glad to be here this evening and I'm on duty this evening as ordained of God and the privilege of the entire pastorate. And I pray that the Lord will find me a worthy vessel to deliver his mind and thoughts to his saints this evening in the name of Jesus. I do not take it for granted. I appreciate the senior pastor for such a great opportunity. And I've said this severally that no matter how blessed you are by divine giftings, no matter how bright your glory is, if you don't have a platform for visibility, you will live and end up in oblivion. Whoever can afford to give you his platform for visibility has done your destiny a lot of good. So I say to the senior pastor, thank you very much for this platform and God continue to bless you as we continue to represent the integrity of God's word and the things you have taught us. Um, this evening we are going to move straight into the subject matter which we started out sometimes 
particularly the fortnight uh, morning prayer, not this Monday, the previous Monday, uh, that the man of God by prophetic inclination brought out something very germane, very fundamental to our joy, our survival, our happiness, our existence, our collective desire to continue to work with God. He brought out like a simple line that Pastor Yomi paid keen attention to and amplified it in course of last week Wednesday. And he talked about the concept called the turnaround agent. Anybody familiar with that line? Turnaround agent. And you, if you've been in this church for a while, you would understand by pattern and methodical approach to the teaching of God's word that these associate pastors don't come up with teachings of their own. They follow the order and the protocol of the Bible that when Jesus was going to multiply the bread, he collected the bread, all right, and then he handed it over to the disciples. The multiplication did not start in the hand of Jesus. The multiplication of the fish and the bread, you're familiar with the story I'm referring to, it happened in the hand of the disciples. The disciples asked the people to sit down, and when they sat down, they shared. And then, so the impact of the prophecy would continue to find expression in your life if the disciples in the class of the associate pastor would do accurate division. The Bible says, rightly dividing the word of truth, that you will not be put to shame. So uh, we have a duty to divide this word accordingly. Not my thoughts, not my wish, not my teaching, but follow through with what the Lord is speaking to the house. And that is the focus this evening. We're going to maintain course. We're going to believe what God is, is said to do. And my, my desire is that at the end of this series, one thing is guaranteed. Somebody will connect a testimony to this series of teaching in the name of Jesus. And the teaching is simply the turn around agent. And so please stay with me, stay on course, look at me, behave like the young man who was at the beautiful gates. You remember that story in Act of Apostle chapter 3? The Bible says the layman was at a gate that was beautiful. Your destiny might appear very beautiful, but there is a lame situation around it. Anything that looks like it doesn't correlate with the excellence of beauty or the full bloom of God's glory, that is a lame situation. And the Bible told us that the man sat by the beautiful gate, and when Peter... And John were approaching the gate. He looked at them. And in fact, by emphasis, Peter and John looked at him and said, fix your eyes on us. So please fix your eyes on me in the name of the Lord Jesus this evening. And I'm sure the Lord will reach out to you in Jesus' name. How many of us are ready for God's word? Can I hear an amen to that? Okay, so having established that the focus is going to be on the turnaround agent subject, I'd like to have the pastor slide for this last Sunday so that we take the conversation um, forward or going forward with that. I mean, look at that uh, slide, look at the image there, look at the entire content. It's a clear picture of something that a number of us, and I love the way Pastor Yomi, while he was giving a summary of the teaching on Sunday, you, were, you will recall that he came up on stage and he gave like a cap a recap of all the pastor shared. And I remember him asking every one of us a question. He said, is there anybody seated in this auditorium this evening that is not going through something? And there was no hands up because everybody, regardless of age or gender, is dealing with something in their life. There is something that is either pursuing you or there is something you are pursuing. So every man on a movement, if you are running, it's either you are running towards something or something is chasing you from behind. And so looking at that, that image over there, it looks like the picture of a forceful approach of an arrowhead incident that if you don't have someone stronger than you to divert or change the trajectory of that arrow, it could eventually lead to your demise and entire termination. Are you following me? So that arrow should not touch you. 
the pointer of that image should not eat you at all. Because if it does, then the story will be different. And I love the, 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 the stamina and the posture of that man. It, it, it's, a, it's a suggestion of someone with strength and force of resistance. So say no. I say no to this arrow. And the good news is that by the time you saw the aftermath of the direction of the arrow, it had moved away from that man. Are you with me here? And so the good news is today that whatever you're dealing with today, with the divine strength coming upon you in this service and in this series of teaching, of, I mean, series of teaching, the arrow will not touch you in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm not getting some good amen. The arrow will not touch you in the name of Jesus. But you will call. Now, pay attention to this. There is no individual that is born of a woman on this earth currently. Now, you listen, regardless of your age, that would not go through life challenges. Life challenges is a product of our existence as mankind. I was having a private discussion with a friend three days ago. He said to me, he said, I don't know why I walk and sometimes in a week I think of dying. That I just imagine that someday I will die. And I looked at him. I said, why are you entertaining such a thought? Death is not a conversation we should have. The only person exempted from death is someone that is not born. Don't think about it. It's a compulsory end. Death is not a tragedy. It's just a completion of your task and journey on earth. Don't make it look like it's something that you should walk in its phobia. Don't walk in the fear of death, my brother. You can't discuss it. What you should be particular about is the fulfillment of your days as heaven has numbered it for you. That should be your critical focus. Forget the end. One, two. And I can only hope that that stayed in his mind. Because every one of us seated here, this is 2023. By this time, 3,023, none of us will be seated here. Is that correct? 3,023, nobody in this auditorium, regardless of your age. That is almost like a thousand years from now. So the issue is not end. The issue is ending well. Ending gloriously, ending with fulfillment, ending like Father Abraham that laid on his bed and called his children children and blessed them and took his last breath and returned to glory. That is. Now, one of the benefits of being a believer is that devil cannot threaten your life with untimely deaths. You know why? He does not have the signature, the final approval for exit of anybody on this earth. The devil cannot approve the death of any man. Only God can. And that God is your father. So if you're seated here this evening or you're watching online and there is a fear of premature death or untimely death, please calm your mind down. Jesus has taken care of that. He said it is finished. And it is finished. So your focus should not be ending. Your focus is between now and when the journey ends. I have good news for someone here this evening. You will live long to see your children's children. Yeah. If for some reason you've had a dream that you're going to die, on this altar, on this covenant altar of mercy, that handwriting of death is terminated in the name of Jesus. And so we realize that everybody is born with one form of pressure, one form of situation, one form of pain, one form of issues, expectations that is not coming true, plan that did not go according to order. The way you organize your life from age four is not what you're seeing it at age 40. You are wondering where did I go wrong? What happened? What just didn't, what didn't I do right? Particularly if you have been a believer from a very young age as a teenager. You follow Jesus all your life and by the time you're about 40, it's not what you, what you saw as a teenager that you're experiencing as an adult there are questions at the back of your mind 
And I was asking the Lord, Lord, why would you take us through this route in this teaching? Listen to the two things the Lord said to me. He said, son, it's important that we establish this teaching very well. Number one reason is this. Because if we don't solve the impending problem, if we don't solve the pressure in the heart of people, some people will be pushed to a state of voluntary compromise. People will compromise their faith. If we allow things to go on like this, and one day something, you know, someone told me, I can never steal. I can never steal money. I said, why? He said, because I'm born again. I said, oh, God, calm down. What you are saying is relative to your current reality. If all of a sudden you got a call from your mother and your mother said to you that I'm dying, the doctor said we need 50,000 naira um, because if I don't get the 50,000 naira in the oh, next four see. days, I'll be gone. Oh, Is this see. how you will watch me die, my daughter? And you have your company's cash in your, in your house of 300,000. Your mother pays that call to you and you're a Christian. Not too many people will pass that exam. Because it is not every act of stealing that was born because you are a thief. You stole because you had a good intention to save a dying mother. But that, does that justify stealing? The answer is no. If we don't do something about the pressure people are going through, it's just a question of time. I will never visit an abalist. I will never go to a, a white garment church. I will never look for alternative outside God. Oga, it is relative to the current situation you are dealing with. If all of a sudden... The landlord knocks your door and said, if you don't move out of this house in the next one month, forget it, we're going to exit you, we're going to jettison you, we're going to embarrass you and disgrace you. And you have prayed and you have fasted. You've listened to the word of God, you said amen to all the prayers and nothing seems to be moving. All of a sudden, a friend of yours showed up and said, there is this deal. And that deal will give you nothing less than 3 million naira and your house rent is 500,000. Ladies and gentlemen, if care is not taken, you will give it a peep and consideration. My very dearest cousin, 47 years of age, she has refused to bow down to the pressure of premarital sex, and because of that, she has stayed single for 47 years until date. The young man said, I will not marry you until I have an assurance and a guarantee that you can procreate. If God does not solve issues, men eventually could compromise. True or false? And the Lord said to me that if I don't solve their issues, after a question of time, some of them will look at me and call me a liar. Yeah. Some people are already blaming God for their predicaments. Some of the people are already holding God for their ordeals. Some, are, some people are already saying, look, this thing is not working. Let's just let go, man. Some have decided to become amphibian. I've mentioned before they are neither cold nor hot. They are neither a good Christian nor a bad Christian. They can, they, can, they can survive well in the club atmosphere and they can also survive well in the church atmosphere. They can combine the two very well. Polarized identity. Yes, if they go to club, Cubana club, they will do the dancing. I'm unavailable. They can do it well. They can cope well. I will be rich like that. They can survive it too. And when they get to church... We lift our hands in the sanctuary. They can survive both worlds. You know the consequence of that? God will not be glorified. God will not be glorified. God needs to make you a living testimony. Moses showed up in the face of Pharaoh and said, I am Moses. Let my people go. Ladies and gentlemen, if all Moses said was, let my people go, do you think Pharaoh will listen to him? No, no. In fact, 
Even when Moses dropped the rod as a demonstration of God's power backing him, guess what Pharaoh also did? He called his own guys. Hey, so this is all you can do. Hey, come here, all of you. And ladies and gentlemen, friends, they dropped their rod and it became serpent. So please calm down and realize that this discussion this evening is gone beyond intellectual capability. You are engaged in what we call spiritual warfare over your destiny. God is eager to demonstrate glory out of your life. Listen to this. Real evangelism is, hello, my name is Stephen. Many years ago, I was blind. And I met with Jesus, and now I can see. Do you know what that means to the fellow you are talking to? He said, really? You were blind once upon a time? Now you can see? Take me to that Jesus. Nobody argues with results. Proof that you argue with only makes you a fool. God wants to make everybody a living proof. Friends, the church of Christ was built on doctrine and signs and wonders. Doctrine gives stability. Signs and wonders bring their attraction. And until your life is a living proof, some will question the God you serve. So this subject matter, and a lot of us seated here, including myself, there is something I'm knocking the door of heaven for. God, you know today is, what date? Today is 7th of, um, of June. Pardon me, I don't, it's not to put pressure on you when I count the number of days left. I'm just one young man who is mindful of time. It took me a while to realize that of everything a man can lose, the most difficult thing to regain is time. If you lose money, you can make money back. But if you lose time, time is gone. And so the day it dawned on me that, boy, you are approaching 15 in less than 365, or let me not be very precise, so that some people will not pick up the age. You are approaching 50, and this core card is what have you done with life? And so consciously, unconsciously, I became very mindful. So I don't joke anyhow. I don't play anyhow. I don't, if I call you on phone, don't say hello. Don't, you don't need to say hello. For the fact that I called you and you picked it, the hello is not needed. Just go straight to the conversation. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to waste time. I've reduced my circle of friendship. I don't want people to say, I just did pass. I say, make a visit you. Don't do that to me. It's okay as a teenager. Now, don't do it to me. If the conversation is not either bringing lifting to my spirit and it's not bringing money, no, no, no. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I'm mindful of time. We have exactly 207 days for this year to end. 207. And I'm looking at the much I've achieved. The list is here, in case you are in doubt. I have a list of the things I wrote in January during the 31 days of fasting. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking. Because until you can account for it, you can't know it when you have lost it. And so I am very mindful. So when this subject came to view, I said, very good. Because when God speaks, it's because if everybody does not testify, one person will certainly testify. It is very certain that God's word will never return to him void. Except it has accomplished what... So I know that someone's season of ending terminal problem is this season. That marital delay is terminated in this season. So you ask me, the next question I ask God is, why do you then need to gather us and teach it when you can easily perform the miracle? And it took me to two scriptures. The first scripture he reminded me of is in Isaiah 5.17. And the second scripture he reminded me of is the one in Hosea 4.6. But all, all the Bible scholars in this house, they know those two scriptures. Isaiah 5.17 and Hosea... 
um, Hosea 4, 6. The one that says this, Isaiah 5, 16, is talking about my people are in captivity because of ignorance. All right. Then the one in Hosea is that my people... So, for you to acquire knowledge, then teaching must be adopted. If you don't know, you don't know. Follow who know. Is that not what they say? So, the, the pathway to victorious experience to testify of God's goodness is increasing knowledge because the more God you know, the more triumphant you will become. That's the truth. There's no negotiation about it. And so that's why the teaching is necessary. And so I'm going to go straight to the subject matter. Um, can we get back to the slide? Thank you. This is a, a clear picture of the difficulties every man needs to confront. And I want us to establish here that some of the things we go through, they are not necessarily product of sin. They are not necessarily products of um, um, the, the things we either didn't do. They are just components of life. Life happens to people. Real life happens to people. And so if you're seated here and life is happening to you, I have good news for you. God is set to put an end to the 400 years of your crying and you shall give testimony in Jesus' name. All right, let's go straight to what is my own slide. Can I have my slide up very quickly? Very quickly, my slide now. Uh, that is the direction of our discussion this evening. It's in tangent, in consonance with what you've just seen. This one says, God got your what? God got what? Okay, so this is the picture. This is the picture. For every battle you go through, whoever is behind you can determine the outcome. True or false? Am I correct? Every battle you approach, whoever is behind you can become what? Can determine what? The outcome. I will say this, and I'm not saying this to the flattery of the man of God. I have been through situations in this church that... When the man of God knew about it, not that I knew exactly how the, the decision would sway, I didn't know. But I somewhere in my mind, I said, well, if this man of God is in this picture, uh, there is a high probability and possibility that I will come out triumphantly. And lo and behold, when he stepped into the equation, I regained some measure of stability. Because the truth is that if you are over-ruffled, you know when they say you are very ruffled, when you are ruffled-ruffled, you're thinking your cerebral capability is reduced. You can't think well if they, turn you, if they spin you around. So when it is tossing to and fro, when he stepped into it, like Jesus did, the first thing he said, it, he spoke to the wind, he spoke to the storm, all, both of you, first calm down. Alright? So when the two of them calmed down, he then said, you, what did you do? What happened? I would never have been able to answer that question when the wind and the storm were still moving me around. Whoever backs you in this journey will determine the outcome of your life. Now, believe me, some children, and I have a life testimony, some children never tasted conflict city. All they drank all their life is what? Kellogg's. Yes. Some children never drank pap. Pap. You know pap. Are you fuzzy? There are some level of poverty some children never experienced. You know why? The platform in which they were born, the family in which they came in through, gave them an advantage over a regular child. We are not all the same. By, by the grace of God, I went to the embassy to renew my visa, and glory to God, my wife tapped into the grace of the senior man of God, and that is history by now, because pastor has taught us you should not be excited that you got a visa. Is that really a testimony? You got a visa. Praise God, I got a visa. Hello. It's right. The, the, the earth belongs to the Lord. You can move anywhere you want to move on the approval of God. Now, when I got to the, to, to the place to drop it, some people started shouting, hey, he came, we came before him. Yeah, hey, we came before him. Why did they allow him to enter? I sat down and I was watching. 
I said, is there something that these people are not getting? Every man, they are not equal. You see, it is only in church like this that gives every impression that we are all at the same level. We are not at the same level, though. Every man, they are not equal. Some people came with their oddly. You know what they call oddly? Military oddly. And you expect that general to sit down with you in the lobby, be waiting for number four. No. Now, am I approving? <laughs> am I approving breach of protocol online? I don't know, but this is the Nigerian thing we are used to. I'm not approving it because I think in developed countries, no matter who you are, you will join the queue. Yeah, you will join the queue. But here, we don't behave the same way. And I'm not going to pretend like I would rather behave like Pastor Collins' wife. You know Pastor Collins' wife? The woman, the woman understands how to handle protocol. Exactly, the peculiarity of Nigerian system. He, she can survive in Nigeria. Now I don't I now understand why she's not taking Jackpa. No matter what happens in Nigeria, Pastor Collins' wife will survive it. I don't know about Pastor Collins. Because from the story he gave us that day, he stayed there for four hours and went back with her friend. Is that right? I don't know. I don't know. Praise God. So, whoever is backing you in life is very important. You have been in a situation that they ask a question, who is your father? Have you ever been there before? Who is your father? Ah, my father is... You know, right now, if someone met me and said, Steve, who is your father? Ah, I said, my father is the GSFR. You know, the mood will change. Oh, yes, who is your father? We can't talk about God delivering us if we don't talk about the God himself. Who is your father? My father is Jehovah God. My father is almighty. My father is the one that does not work within time space. My father does not have a present or a future. My, my father does not have a past. My father is someone who can, who can do and no one can question. My father can raise the dead and no one can say why. My father can make a man sleep in the prison yard and make him a prime minister the following morning. My father is the only one who can say, Earth, stand still, and the sun will remain there, and the moon will remain there, and we have altered the year. My father is someone that, oh God, if you understand your father, his capabilities, his strength and resources, let them ask a question. Why do you worry? I stand before you today with all that I've been through in life. Nobody that does not know God would have survived it in two years. They would have died. I don't have BPO. I check my BP every time. I sleep like a baby. On the revelation and the integrity of who my father is. Who is backing you? If we can establish this understanding, this revelation, that baby, you are not alone here, man. God is watching. His heart, the Bible says, his eyes run to and fro, watching over those whose heart is perfectly stayed on him. There is, if the strand of air on your head is numbered, believe me, you are too much for God to ignore. You are too much for God to ignore. So God is the one backing us on this journey. Of all the issues of our life that we're dealing with, I don't know when your husband left you or when your husband died. I mean, I've, 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 I've had friends that for some reason, God bless her dear soul, she went to work and they called her from work that someone pushed her husband off Costain Bridge. How old was she then? 32 years old. And she, then I was a pastor on campus, Pastor Steve. Did God allow that? I said, calm down. Why are you so quick to bring God into it? This earth is governed by two forces. 
The Bible says heavens belong to heaven, to God, and the earth he gave to the sons of men. You cannot undermine the influence of mankind in the activities of fellow mankind. God rules. If God says yes in heaven and men say no on it, it will hang in between. So we're going somewhere. So you come down with me. This is the Bible study and we should, our highest of understanding should be enlightened. So that you don't go back home and say, God, why me? No! You got someone backing you. I've established that you have the backing of God. And it's important you work without understanding. And I can't say it more than that because I don't have enough time. You better believe God because there are people who don't believe in God, who believe in other things, and they hold on to it with such confidence. I have met someone, a very elderly, pretty young woman, who says, Steve, Steve, just when you want to pray. Pardon me. Not everybody understands that. He says, Steve, you call Jesus? I said, yes. He said, I'm going to be learning and I'm going to do my job. Whatever that means, let the adults understand. So if you think God is your father and you are dividing with him, you better stop and stay resolute on God. I can tell you some good news here. God has a track record of never failing if you hold on to him. Now, the subject in focus is Turn around agents. The agents in question here, if you, can, if you have a Bible, circle the word agents. The agents in question here is not referring to an angel. Now we're coming home. It's not referring to an angel. The agent here is referring to the role of men in the execution of the will of God. The role of men in the execution of the will of God. So if heavens belong to God and the heart is for sons of men, that means God will never execute certain things without the active participation of some men. Men are very important to the agenda of God. For Jesus to become the savior of the world, he had to, he had to go through the womb of a woman. So when we use the word men, it's to cover the both, both gender. He has to go through the womb. I mean, imagine Jesus just dropped from heaven. Bah! I am the savior of the world. And everybody for real? Hello? You are the savior? No! God is the God of process. He went through a man. For everything, as I speak, let your mind process for all the activities that man, God has ever accomplished on earth. Man played a critical role. So the agent we are referring to here is the role of man in the fulfillment of God's plan and purpose for your life. Now, I want to bring you a little bit closer. I want you to write down four things you should not do when you are going through your difficult times. Four things you should not do when you are going through difficult times. Four things. There could be more. Four things you should not do. Because if you do these four things, you have disqualified yourself from receiving the agent it will send to you. Number one, never be ashamed of your battle. Never. Saints of God, no matter what you are going through, it is not the first time in human history. People have gone through it. Never be ashamed of what you're dealing with. I will recall and remind you of the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Just in a moment, imagine the woman who just stayed at home. She, imagine she stayed at home. Imagine that woman that has suffered for 12 years. She stayed at home that day and said, this thing is a shameful experience. I should not go as her. They will laugh at me. You know what would have happened? She would have acted, stayed in that capacity and died. Are you aware that some people die with their problem? Oh, yes. Lazarus died as a... He was, he was not born a poor man, no. Lazarus the poor was not born a poor man. But poverty approached him on this earth. And he died in it. And I will remind you of a parable. A young lady told me. He said, if a child of God is not careful, even a child of God will die in the presence of God and nothing will happen. Ah. 
The world is a battleground, not a playground, not a fun fair. Be battle ready 24 hours. So, in these issues you are dealing with, you don't have a husband, never be ashamed of it. You don't have a child yet, never be ashamed. The day the devil introduced shame into your situation, he has denied you the privilege of divine deliverance. The enemy can amplify it as that. You are the only one that is, oh, you know, don't let them know. Believe me, there is no individual. If you hear some people's story, for instance, if I ask you a question, would you like to change your story with someone's story? Because if you hear some people's story, you will, you will consider your own a testimony. I'm telling you, if we exchange law, you know they call it an account, balance sheet. If you see some people's liability, don't judge by your appearance. Oh. Don't ever judge by that lovely Gucci, dress, Gucci wear, that lovely sneakers. No, 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 no. Behind those things, they are just being matured about their problem. Some people don't wear their problem, but what they are doing inside, they are crying louder than God is hearing. Never be ashamed. The day the devil pushes you to a corner why you cannot open your mouth, because the day you will meet your agent of change, it will require you to say what is wrong with you. But if you have locked up yourself, I have not passed jail for four years. Hello, hello. Are you doing you know, Minister Leke? Pastor Leke did not pass it for five years. Six years. Whatever you are going through, you are not the first in human history that went through it, that, go, that is going through it. You will finish your own. Your, yours will only join the catalog of those that came out victoriously. I know of a woman who got married at 67. To one of the most profound general in this nation. A colleague laughed at her. When she was 25, 26, 20, that she never got a husband. 67, the, the general's wife died, and she was the next person. You know the story I'm referring to already? You know the story? You know who I'm referring to? Let it not be mentioned here. The day you overcome shame in your dealings, your agent will be faster approaching you. Don't be ashamed. Whatever you are dealing with, you are not the first. You will not be the last, and it's not new. Ecclesiastes chapter 1, says there is, chapter 1 verse 9 says there is nothing new under heaven. Believe me, there is nothing new under heaven. Number two, do not let fear and anxiety overrun your mind in this battle. Do not let fear and anxiety overrun your mind. Ah, what is fear? Fear is the, the, the loss of confidence that this thing will never happen at all. I see people who step out of their house in the morning and all they are thinking in their big head is, God, just let something happen to me today that will make me happy. Hello, that is not prayer. That is not the language of a royal priesthood. No. No. Anxiety has stepped in already. Anxiety creeps in when your language starts sounding like probability. That is a proof and symptoms of anxiety. When your prayer starts sounding like maybe, maybe not. That is anxiety in a subtle way. The faith is absolute declaration on the word of God. Do not let fear and anxiety override you. Number three, do not. Do not be lazy or reluctant to look for solution for the problem. Never be lazy or reluctant. For instance, I would never at any point envy pastor's job. No. I'm watching the time. By the time it's 7, we open the floor for discussion. It's 6.57, so this introduction is to let us into the flow. I would never at any point envy pastor's job. Can I give you a reason? Neither would I envy those in Grace Chorale. Or would I envy the instrumentalist. You know why? If I was a normal floor member. As a floor member, have you ever woken up on Sunday morning and for some reason, 
ah, I don't feel like going to church today. And just truly, that I don't feel like, I don't feel like becomes the verdict for that day. And just truly, you won't come to church. Do you think a pastor can wake up on Sunday morning? The senior pastor wake up and say, ah, I don't feel like going to church today. Do you think he can do that? Now, listen. Do you think such thought goes through his mind? Do you think he thinks about it sometimes? That Do you think he's every day he's ever excited to say, I'm coming to church? No, I'm sure. He has not said it to me. That, I mean, he has never mentioned it at any point in time that associate pastors, I just didn't feel like coming to church today. He has never said it once. I've never heard it once. <laughs> All right. But I imagine in his human capacity, at some point he woke up just on a very, I don't want to use the word wrong mood. And he just didn't feel connected. He didn't feel himself. In fact, perhaps he didn't even know what to talk about and preach. You know, this preaching looks like a normal, com it's not a conversation. No. If I was lecturing on my job, I do a fantastic presentation as a marketer in my office. This one, this one takes every pint of blood in my head. I can't explain what is the difference between preaching and presentation. So I imagine that sometimes he doesn't even know what to say. Like I experience it all the time. Whether he feels like, whether he does not feel like, duty bounds, duty compels, he must ignore his feeling and show. I, have you ever seen him show up here on, on Sunday morning and he's looking moron, looking melancholy, looking dull, you know? Every time you see him here, he looks gay. He looks strong and bright. Like a man that has nothing. In fact, you would ask himself, those pastors, those pastors live in Nigeria. <laughs> but I know that somewhere in the back of his mind, there is a bleeding. There is a cry to God. And say, God, this wasn't the discussion. Help me, Lord. And yet he will not show you. The same goes to Grace Corral. Whether there is transport fee, whether there is fuel hike, whether there is a, when we are all gone on Sunday morning after service, they will stay behind and do the house. Whether they have food, whether they have drink, some of them will not have transport fee. They will trek from here to Ojota to take the next bus. Grace Corral there. And you expect the reward to be the same. Umba. Or instrumentalists. You know, for, for, for their own, I can, I can excuse them. Because some of them are paid for their job. The day you withdraw their salary, maybe some of them won't come again. Maybe. These ones, I know they are not paid. And I can also say that pastor is not paid. Maybe when he was paid, or maybe, maybe they are not paying him again. Maybe. So keep this place in the royal ambience. Look at, look at behind you. Another upgrade. Another refurbishing. This is not free. And the pastor will say, you give. The truth is, if you enter an atmosphere like this and you struggle to grieve, I can understand why you will stay in poverty for long. Because anything good requires maintenance. If it requires maintenance, it requires money to be used. Anything good requires maintenance. My shelf is well stashed. I didn't stash it. I paid for the stashing. The point in essence is that these people are not moved by how they feel. They move by duty. It's duty bound. My prayer is that some of us will get to that point with God. It's not how you feel about your problem. It's not how you feel about the mood. Whether the miracle is happening or not, God be God and God is God. You know something? Sir, I told myself something. I said I will hold on to God's word with every pint of blood in me till God will come and tell me, I'm sorry I lied to you. It was not going to work. <laughs> I want God to come and apologize. That I'm sorry, I made you hold on to my word, but it was a lie, it wasn't going to happen. Do you think God will apologize? <laughs> the 
They said he's a man that cannot lie. Not because he does not have capacity to say anything wrong. Because anything he says will happen. If this thing was, what's the color behind you? Look at the color behind you. It is white and a bit of black. And if you stepped out of this auditorium and you met someone out there and the person said, what's the color of the veil of the um, um, wallpaper behind you? You will say, it's white and a bit of shades of black. And the person happens to be God. And God said, no, it's not white, it's purple. Ladies and gentlemen, by the time you come in back to come and confirm, you will just truly see purple. That is how powerful your God is. He's not moving my feeling. Not feeling. Number four. Do not stop the good you know to do because you are going through difficult times. Do not stop the good you know to do. Do not stop the good you know to do using the difficult times as an excuse. That is common to all of us. You all agree with me? Now you recall that in Galatians 6, it says, do not be weary in well-doing. All right? It's there. Then you recall that in Luke 5, from verse 1, Peter had just suffered a loss all night. And he was packing his boat. And the moment Jesus showed up, not to help him to recover his loss, so Jesus didn't show up to help him catch fish. Jesus only showed up at him to say, Peter, please, can I use your boat? Two things could have played out. As a matter of fact, from that story, there were two boats there. Not just Peter's boat. But he approached Peter. Can I use your boat? Peter could have said, Oga, not today, I'm not in the mood. It was such a very bad day. I mean, you imagine all night I tried to catch one fish. But you know what played out for Peter? Peter was a good man, regardless of situation. If a dog bites you, would you bite a dog back? What does that make you? A dog. If the situation is bad, would you become bad? Then you have always been bad. The situation only revealed who you are. Be good regardless of what you are dealing with. And Peter said, take the boat. Take the boat. In my tiredness and discouragement and despair, I will come to church. In the lack of money or whatsoever, I will take a walk. It doesn't matter who is with me. I'm going to make it to where I'm going. So take the boat. And when he was done using the boat, like I say, God is not a user. He's a blesser. When he was done with the boat, he didn't reward the using of the boat. He rewarded the character of Peter being able to do good in the midst of difficulties. Ah! And Peter became a multi-blessed fisherman by reason. He became the turn, the turn around agent. I've established four things. Now it's seven. Let us then go to a conversation. It's four minutes after seven. You know, by 7.30 we are done. One hour of, of refreshing in the presence of God. That you go back to your prayer altar and say, Lord, fire me up with your fire. I move on as a saint. I will overcome. Until your life becomes a living testimony. Men will not call God a liar on your behalf. Men will not call God a liar. Your story will make God give glory to God. So let's ask ourselves a question. There are diverse kinds of human agents in life. On Sunday, the man of God exposed one fundamental characteristic of a particular agent. How many of us can recall the character that was mentioned in the teaching of Sunday? Anybody want to help quickly? There was a Bible character that was mentioned. What? Joseph. So we want to look at, because all the agents, they will not come to you in the same color or cloak. Are you aware? You recall that the agent of Naaman is not the same thing as the agent that worked with, Jesus, with Joseph. 
So there is wisdom here that we should be taught how to discern an agent. Because for all you care, the next agent of your destiny might just be seated beside you in this church. And if you don't know how to discern, like a rebuke I got from God when, while I was going through my crisis, I said, Lord, but I prayed and I, you know, I, I'm, I've been teaching all my life. Why didn't I see all these potholes and all these, all these booby traps in this business? You know what he said to me? He said, your very low sense of discernment opened you up to a lot of trouble. Because you, you take decisions based on good and bad. You take decisions in your business based on is it good or is it bad. But he said to me, he said, son, discernment is not based on good and bad. Discernment is rooted in my will. Is it his will or not his will? That is the premise in which you take a decision, not good and bad. It can be good but not godly. It can be good but not the will of God. So when you learn to take decisions based on is it the will of God or not the will of God, then you will not fall into booby traps. You will not make mistakes in life. So I don't judge by, is it good? Is it bad? No. I judge, is this your will, O oh God, or not? Now, if we are not taught how to discern the various change agents, there is a high possibility that some of us will insult our change agents. There's a high possibility that you will ignore out of your very nasty behavior. Good money would have just saved your life at some point. So let us reason together. Give me a story of someone who had an encounter with a change agent in the Bible. Pastor already established that of Joseph. Who was the change agent of Joseph? Who was the change agent of Joseph? You know the story. Bible, help me a little. Who was the real change agent? Here was the man sleeping in the prison yard. All right? Who was the real change agent of Joseph? Now we're thinking. I like this now. Brainstorming. Who was the real... It was a chain of people that played various roles. But who was the ultimate change agent of Joseph? What? <laughs> Two names are coming up. Who was the real change agent of Joseph? Is it the butler or Pharaoh? Is it Pharaoh or butler? If it's butler, let me see your hand. Butler. If you think it's Pharaoh, let me see your hand. Okay, the only person that probably know the answer is Pastor Collins. <laughs> Pastor Collins, who was the real change agent? Is who? Butler. I, I, I don't know if to agree. I don't know if to agree. Because Butler happens to be, for my opinion, I stand to be corrected. You know, there's no unknowing, we're all, all learning. Now, I feel that Butler was a passage that he walked through. He referred Joseph, quite all right, but Joseph then approached the very man that can change the story. So who is really the age? I think I'm learning something. I think he's a butler. I think he's a butler. I think he's a butler. You agree with me? MD, you think he's a butler? Not Pharaoh. Because without the butler, okay, <laughs> Pastor wants to help me now. <laughs> Let's appreciate our father. For... Okay, I'm going to answer your question with a question. So concerning um, Saul, who was his change agent? Was it the servant or, or was it Samuel? Samuel. Aha. 
this one is very easy. Once you get this one right, you get the answer to the other one. Who was the change agent? Was it the servant or was it Samuel? Eh? Who's the servant. It's the servant. Uh, so, okay. So why are you saying uh, Pharaoh is the <laughs> change agent of Joseph? The change agent is the person that puts you in the place where everything will happen. Correct. They don't necessarily make everything happen. Correct. They take you to the place where you can't get it wrong. Correct. Absolutely right. Let, 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 so no matter how much Samuel wanted to find Saul. Saul. And no matter how anointed God wanted to anoint Saul, if he was not there, there's nothing to anoint. The Correct. Bible says he poured the oil on his head and made him sit in the place of honor. Correct. So your change agent doesn't have to be a rich person. Mm. He takes you to the place where the rich person says, you are the one I'm looking for. Otherwise, Nigerians will always typify the change agent to be a big man. Yes. No. God uses small things to do big, big things. things. Let's celebrate our Father. 100% in agreement, sir. And it's very deliberate and strategic that I went through that route. Because I've been to several churches and, and, and prayer meetings where they raise a prayer point. Pray for your destiny. Help her. And the next picture that comes to the mind of everybody is the governor, the president, the senator. <laughs> God bless you. Let's get practical here. If God is truly looking for glory in your story, believe me, the hand he would use to push you to the turning point would be the hand that even you, by natural instinct, would despise. From my study, for example, let's ask another question. Who was the change agent between Naomi, Ruth, and Boaz? Who was the real change agent? Was it Naomi? Was it Ruth? Was it Boaz? Naomi. What do you think is common to the butler, the slave girl that stood by Naaman, the, slave, the servant of Saul, um, Naomi? What is the common factor in all of these change agents? What? If you are a wise person, you will write it in capital letter. God, there is an ordinary person out there that I have ignored, expecting the extraordinary to be my change agents. Ah, yes. Believe me, an incident happened to me personally. To me personally. We all came to... You know, a business, a job. You know, I don't want to go into the details. And it is not part of my responsibility or, or it is not demanded of me to smile or be nice to the lady in front, to the person attending to us going through our documents. I just said, how are you today? You've been frowning all day. Are you okay? The next thing she said was, I am tired. I'm just so tired. And when she went through the documents, a blunder that I would never have been able to correct, or neither did I see, a passport photograph. He lo she looked at the passport photograph and looked at me. He said, there's a slight difference between you and this passport. This one does not have beards. 
This one, you have BS. This one you are presenting. Sir, can you go back and change it? Because it could be a major issue. Who was the change agent there? That young lady. What triggered her responding to my demand? So I said to myself, if we are going to attract, which is the next thing I'm hoping to say, attract change agents in the direction of our life. Believe me, your current you might not be able to do it. The current you with your ideology, your character, your behavior, your attitude could probably possibly be the one repelling the agent. A friend of mine was talking to a client today who brought a transaction of 10 million naira. Conversation was on phone. The lady said to her, the other guy on the call said, ah, how can I give you my money when I didn't even know where your office is? The lady answered her and said, we work virtually. The, lady, the man said, virtually, I can't do virtual. Do you know what the young lady did? Cut the phone. I said, hello, ma. You just threw a transaction away. All because you refused to be sensitive to someone who had confidence issue. The reaction of that man was confidence problem. I'm afraid. I don't want to do this business except I see you in person. And you snapped off. That person, there's so many testimonies coming to my mind and there's no time. You know what I needed to hold on to today? Is to say, God, if there's anything in my behavior and character that is repelling a, a change agent from me, I stand in front of your altar of grace. Reveal to me and let me make amendments. Lord, if there is something in my speech, in my countenance, in my, if there is a mark on me, anything that just seems to repel people from doing what they ought to do to end the crisis and the situations of my life, Lord, as I come to your altar today listening to you, eliminate and reveal that inadequacy in me. You might just be surprised. Just because you don't know how to smile can make a, straight, a, a, a change agent be staring at you. Why are you not smiling? I'm going through a lot. That's why I'm not smiling. Hello, you're going through a lot. It's not everybody's problem. Whatever you're going through, put it down and behave normal. Don't wear your problem. But that is really not the focus for me. The change agent, tick number one, they are usually ordinary people. Change agents are usually ordinary people. I want to read three scriptures to us and I'll open another conversation. Uh, multimedia, can you help me to read Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10? Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. Whilst you're looking for that, look for Psalm 46 verse 1 and then you will end with Psalm 121 verse 2. Verse 1 and 2. Start with Isaiah 41 verse 10 because it's going to push us to the next point of what you need to do to attract your change agent. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not what? Dismayed. That's the God that is backing you. For I am your God. I will strengthen you. If it's your Bible, underline the word that in weakness, you are likely to distract a change agent because you make yourself a subject of pity. And when you think pity is what would attract the change agent, it will only attract sympathy. Sympathy is not what you need. You need a direction. You need an instruction. So strength from God helps you to push down the pitiful look. Bible said with the joy of the Lord, we draw from the well of salvation. Now, 
Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. That is Isaiah 41 verse 10. Now go to Psalm 46 verse 1 for me quickly. Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge. And what? Strength. Can you see strength again? Can you see strength? So this dull look, this pale look, this I am the one carrying the load of Nigeria on my head, is not to your advantage all the time. And I will show you references of people who enjoy the change agents in the Bible. I am a very present help where? In trouble. That is the God that is backing you. Psalm 121 verse 1 and 2. Psalm 121 verse 1 and 2. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes. Where? To the hills. From whence come my help. So you pause there. The first thing that you need to have to attract a change agent. Form a strong habit of crying to the Lord. You know, I have preached a message way back, way back on campus. God does not listen to the cry of the saint. He wants you to be there. Hello, there are times we cry to God. The Bible told us concerning the children of Israel. He said, I have heard their cry. Cry to God. Let God see it. I'm not saying cry to men. When you are alone with God, let God notice. Let me give you a little original, an expo. I was in, when, after the service on Sunday, this point came from the discussion I had with Pastor Yomi and Senior Pastor were having. Concerning Anna. Who remember the story of Anna? When Anna was in Shiloh, what was she doing? She was praying. The kind of praying that they could not hear what she was saying. Am I correct? But you know that that kind of prayer literally means she was crying inside. She was crying inside. She was groaning inside. Then the change agent noticed her. She was not saying anything. But the man looked at her and said, are you, are, you, are you drunk or something? Imagine a prophet looking at you and all that you could see by your description, you are drunk. I think you are drunk. Now, another character test came to Hannah. Imagine Hannah looking at the prophet back and say, this is the kind of reason why I don't come to church. Oh. I mean, I came to church on my own, oh, praying on my own. Oh. All that this pastor could say to me is that if I was, if I was drunk, do I look like a drunkard to you? Imagine Anna fled up like that. But what did Anna, what was Anna's response? I pray a prayer for you. The day you will meet with your change agent, you will not behave wrongly. You will not behave wrongly. The woman looked at the prophet and said, sir, I'm not drunk. The intensity of my pain and bleeding in my heart is responsible for what you're seeing. Guess what the change agent said to her? They said, all right, very good. You passed the test, character test. By this time, according to the season of life, meaning nine months from now, that thing you have discussed with God, it shall become a testimony in your hand. That is somebody's story here today. The first thing to attract, cry to God. Look, if you are, there is a man in the Bible called Esau. You know the story of Esau? When they took his blessing, they took his blessing by a man called Jacob. When they took the, Jacob, the blessing away by way of squandering the blessing, and he went to meet his father, he said, Sir, can you please bless me? The father said, There's nothing to bless you with. All the blessings have been taken away by your brother Jacob. And the man looked at the father and said, Is there really nothing you can do about it? The father said, There's only one thing you can do yet. If you can do this one thing, you will get your blessings back. He said, What am I supposed to do? He said, Stay restless. 
Don't sleep. Stay restless. Saints of God, I say to you, I don't know how long that problem has stayed in your life and you are getting tired and you are running out of energy and steam. I beg you from tonight, go to God in this season of change agents. Go to God in your cry restlessly and say, God, I cry to you. Help me. If you abandon me, I will put to shame. Just come and deliver me. Two or ten days for the year to end. Do something remarkable in my life. Cry to God. And I can assure you, the God that answers prayer will deliver a testimony for you. If you believe it, say better amen. We remember the story of the blind Bartimaeus. Remember the blind Bartimaeus? The Bible said, and the man cried, son of David, have mercy upon me. And he so cried that Jesus had no choice but to look back. And then asked him the critical question. What do you need me to do? He said, I may see by crying. Crying gets the attention of God. Are you with me here, saints of God? You recall that stories in, in the book of Exodus chapter 3 verse 9. And the children of Israel, they cried to God and the Lord heard their prayer. Number two, ways to attract your change agent. Strength of character. Strength of character. We have given example of Ruth, Esther, and Joseph. These people demonstrated strong character strengths that the change agent could not reject. Number three, I want us to show, I want uh, multimedia, there is a slide for strength of character and I want you to please project it. Please look at this image. It will drive home the image. Look at this image. Can you please read what's there? Sometimes people would really love to do what? But just because Okay, so for those of us who understand this, that image, what, what is the name of that animal? Eh? Please, is there anybody seated here who can be generous, generous enough to go and help that? Who would love to go and help the leopard to remove that? Uh, is it a pot? Are you aware that this is the way some people are naturally? You can't go and help them because for every help you render, you regret it. Yeah? No, but they would have loved. With sympathy, they were looking at it. See, this, this animal now, by the time I come close enough to break this thing, maybe I will be the next Milo. Do you know how many people have walked away from people they could help because of a bad character? Pastor would always say something, and I will never forget. The recommendation of the servants of God over your life can determine the direction of an empire. Because most times, if someone is going to help you in a church, they usually go and meet the senior pastor. I said, sir, there is a brother in your church, Brother Wali Azan. We'd like to help him. Whatever pastor says at that point, Pastor Collins, do you agree with me? Becomes a final verdict. And you know the unfortunate thing? You will never be there to defend yourself. You will never be there. So I say to us, saints of God, those present in church and those at home, please let us adjust our behavior in a manner that conforms with the will and the character. This animal is likely going to die this way. This animal. But this is not our portion. The Lord will change our nature in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, I'm going to move to the next point. Please give me the next video. It will support this story. The next thing that would attract agents to you is be communal in your dealing with life. Be communal means relate with people. Relate with people. If the devil is going to destroy anyone, he would isolate them. Can I have this video quickly? There is no problem so massive that if you bring the right number of crowd. They remove it. You know, interesting enough, seated in this auditorium, whatever you are dealing with, somebody amongst us here has a solution to it. But you know what? You have isolated yourself. 
You are not functional in any department. You are not in any. You are, you are completely irrelevant. If you enter this church and we are trying to describe you, they said, Do you know one brother? The brother is fat like this. He's brief like this. He used to walk like this. They, for all I care, they can do all the description. If you are not in any, any active department, that identity is lost. And for all you care, that might be the turning or the change agent. Why are you alone? Why are you isolating yourself? There are focus groups. There is youth group. There is all kinds of good choir. If this aunt, that one that the back was on the ground, had no friends, ladies and gentlemen, it should have been over. The story of the paralytic man. Four friends carried him in his paralyzed state. And they broke the, the roof. They were the change agents of that man. Imagine if he was alone. Millions are dying by themselves. Not for lack of help, but because they are isolated. Mingle, not to be single. That is the rule of marriage. Now, saints of God, I give you the last point that can attract agents to you. Hold on tightly to God's promise. For you, so that, hold on tightly to God's promise. Don't waver. Romans 4, 18. Romans 4, 18 says, I will hold on to the word of God with all my life until God come and apologize. Quickly, I will close with this important credentials of God. I will close now. God, I got this from the church, from um, discussion with the senior pastor and pastor me also. He said, God is not a temporal fixer. When God fixes your problem, it is usually permanent. That's number one. Number two, God is not good at doing something small. Pastor mentioned it in the office. He said, Saul was looking for a donkey, but he ended up, ended up becoming what? A king. Joseph just wanted to get out of the prison, but he ended up where? The prime minister. What the solution you are looking for will be too small compared to what God will eventually give you. No, no, honestly, you know my point? I listened well to it during pastor's meeting on Sunday. That the things you are calling, if you are looking for a husband, God will not just give you a husband, he will give you a king. God will not just give you a child. Remember for Hannah. Hannah was just looking for a child. One child. God gave him a Samuel that became the greatest prophet in all the land. And Samuel was not the only child. He had other children that were more than Penina. God does not do small things. Trust God that that thing you are asking him to fix in your life, he will fix it beyond your expectation. Ephesians 3.20 says, God is willing to do exceedingly, abundantly, far above what you can ever think or imagine, according to the power in you. We have a mighty God who is our backup. I believe in that God with all my heart. Believe me today, if there is nothing you can work on as you go home, two things, go back to God and cry to God. In your crying to God, ask God, whatever character is in me that is repelling my change agent, heaven reveal it and fix it. Some of you, you talk too much. That is the problem. They can't keep secrets with you. Once someone shares a secret with you, it will, it will go viral. Then God will say, this one, work on yourself and the Lord will help you. Finally, in closing, I want to I want also have a closing prayer. Now, it's in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. You recall the story. This is a prayer you want. I want you to take home also. The Bible said concerning David, that David just woke up one morning and he asked the question, is there anybody, is there anyone left in the house of Stephen Amatayo? That I may show what? Kindness. It's a prayer. God, let every change agent of my life 
wake up tomorrow and ask the question, is there anyone that I should go and change his story? And that person will be you in the name of the Lord Jesus. If you believe you say better, amen. amen. All right, saints of God, my job is done, 731. God bless you. I believe we have been blessed tonight. Amen. All right, my pastor wants to say. There's somebody online that needs to hear this. Peter fished all night, caught nothing. And for that reason, he was washing his net and he was going home. I don't know why Jesus waited to that end of frustration before he said, Peter, can I use your boat? Jesus could have rowed the boat himself. He said, no, take me out. He was tired, he was broke, he, he was dejected, he felt like a failure, he felt people should leave him alone. Mm. That's when Jesus showed up. Somebody hearing me, you don't come to church anymore. You do convenient Christianity. Wow. You think, I'm so tired, even God should understand. That was when Jesus showed up. And Peter comported himself. It's not easy for you to comport yourself when you have reasons to justify your posture. True. He changed his mind, said nothing at all, and rode out. And what Jesus preached, Jesus didn't say anything to him True. throughout. When he finished preaching, we don't know how long that took. He said, Peter, launch out in the deep for a catch. And the story changed it changed so much that he caught enough fish for two boats and the two boats were now sinking under the weight of the fish that is the God you're describing what Peter wanted for life at that time was a few fish to take home the same man caught enough fish for two boats and they were sinking under the weight. I know somebody is listening to me. I don't know where you are. You need to comport yourself differently and stop justifying your way of dealing with the things of the Lord from a relative distance. There is another person here that needs to hear this. You are here inside this hall. And it's like Pharaoh and Joseph. Pharaoh was going to have a problem that was going to disgrace him. How could he ever believe that it's somebody in prison who has been cut off from everything? Prison, you don't know what's going on. True. You're totally irrelevant. You're really dead. True. And the man comes and said, this is the problem. And this is the solution. How many of us can look at a downtrodden person and allow the person to speak to you, to tell you, oh king, this is your problem and this is how it is going to be fixed. Even if he said it, will you be able to put the person next to you above every other person around you? Or would you look at the person and judge the person and say, thank you, I've heard. 
and then you try and implement it yourself. Just because I can write a plan does not mean I can implement the plan. Some of us, we have ways of looking down at people and that's why you're likely to either have missed or about to miss your helper. It was a king that submitted to a Joseph who had no pedigree at all. It was a Peter. He didn't even know who Jesus was. Really. Jesus just went to his boat and said, I want to use your boat. I'm sure he heard the sermon when Jesus was preaching. And he worked it out when he caught the fish. And he made up his mind, plus fish, plus boat, I'm going to follow you. So a word for the wise, in this, in this season, don't harden your heart against what God is saying. Glory to God. Let's put our right hand on our head. Let's put our right hand on our head right now. The Spirit of God is here and is adjusting and changing things. Say to you in prayer right now, Lord, give me grace to behave myself. Teach me how to behave myself in this journey and in these seasons of change agents. As my agents are approaching me, give me the wisdom to behave myself. I receive grace to know how to conduct myself. I receive grace to know how to act right, O oh God. I receive that grace from tonight. Help me, O oh Father, that I will not miss my change agents. I will not miss my destiny helper. I will not look down on anyone. Give me grace to have humble and a mixed spirit. Father, I thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. If you have been blessed, can, I, can you put your hands together and celebrate the Lord?